Did Carl Grundstrom prove in the playoffs he's ready for a bigger role on the LA Kings this season? Plus, we close out our breakdown of the LA Kings 2022 draft by looking at seventh round pick Caleb Lawrence on this episode of Locked On LA Kings. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. On today's episode of Locked On LA Kings, we discuss Kings forward Carl Grundstrom and if he might be a better fit for what the Kings may have available in their lineup for the upcoming season. Plus, we close out our breakdown of the LA Kings 2022 draft by looking at seventh-round pick Caleb Lawrence and his unique story on this episode of Locked on LA Kings. My name is Eddie Garcia, your new host for Locked on LA Kings. I'm a 20-plus year radio reporter for the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm the network's NHL insider and co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that has been putting out a show every week for the past 16 years. Oh, and a uh, lifelong LA Kings fan. We're still playing the waiting game on news for the LA Kings. It's been nine days since the Kings made qualifying offers to restricted free agents defensemen Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey and restricted free agent forwards Gabe Velarde and Jarrett Anderson Dolan. There was one bit of Kings news that became official with the team sending out a press release announcing the hiring of assistant coach Jim Hiller. The release confirmed what had been earlier suspected that Hiller will primarily work with the forwards on the Kings and focus on the power play, which last year was ranked 27th out of 32 teams. Other than Kevin Fiala signing, I think that Jim Hiller could be a very significant addition to the Kings. Hiller guided the Islanders' power play last season to a 12th ranking in the NHL, and the Kings' power play will be a key for L.A. to take another step in their quest to become a Stanley Cup contender for next season. We have been talking about this week about the spots that might be available for the Kings lineup uh, this season. We have uh, been saying that it is likely that the Kings' top three lines are set. You could make an argument that uh, the Kings' third and fourth line centers could be flip-flopped. Maybe it's Quentin Byfield. Maybe it's Blake Lazat. I think you could make an argument that Arthur Kaliev and Brendan Lemieux's spots aren't set in stone. Still, it looks to me like, for sure, there is one spot that is totally up for grabs. I've said that I believe the three most likely players to compete for that spot are Rasmus Kupari, Gabe Velarde, and Carl Grundstrom. We've talked about Kupari and Velarde this week. Now it's time to focus on Grundstrom. But real quick, speaking of Kupari and Velarde, I have referred to them as number one picks on recent shows. And I got an email from listener Dan who said that it was confusing that I say number one pick as it sounded like I was claiming they were number one overall picks in the draft when I meant to say that they were King's first round selections. Now, I might have dismissed this as someone being very picky because to me, what I said makes perfect sense. However, as I said, I do a weekly NHL podcast, shameless plug, the puck podcast, and I have gotten emails from listeners on that show in the past about also being confused when I say number one pick instead of first round pick. So clearly it is confusing and I promise to do a better job on that in the future. And Dan, thanks for the email. By the way, the email address locked on Eddie at gmail.com E D D I E. Okay. So back to Carl Grunstrom, uh, the Kings just re-signed the six foot, 200 pound forward, uh, on July the 11th to a two year deal worth 1.3 million per season that'll keep him under contract with the team through the 2023-24 season. The native of Sweden is 24 years old and will be going into his sixth professional season, this after being drafted in the second round by the Maple Leafs in 2016. The Kings acquired him in 2019 from Toronto, along with defenseman Sean Dursey and a first-round pick in 2019 that turned into defenseman Tobias Bjornfoot. 
in exchange for defenseman Jake Muzzin. Grundstrom has 20 goals and 16 assists in 129 career NHL games. He has 15 goals and 23 assists in 28 career games with the Ontario Reign. Last season with the Kings, he had 9 goals and 6 assists in 54 games and 3 goals and an assist in 6 playoff games. It was that performance in the postseason against the Oilers, which I think opened a lot of eyes and maybe even the eyes of Carl Grundstrom himself. He looked like a legitimate NHL caliber power forward. Uh, it seemed like he finally understood that if he takes the puck hard to the net, good things are going to happen. Now, doing it in the biggest games of the year is a very encouraging sign. That said, it's a pretty small sample size. Now, maybe the light bulb did go off, and this is the Carl Grundstrom that we're going to see going forward. Or maybe he just had a nice couple of games under the playoff spotlight. Uh, is he as gifted offensively as King's first-round picks, Rasmus Gupari or Gabe Velarde? No. But is he more suited to contribute on the fourth line as an energy type of player? I think that the answer to that is probably yes. Um, he's a straight-line skater. Uh, he's got good size, and I think he's got the temperament to be more effective on the forecheck than maybe Kupari or Velarde. I think he's tougher and stronger along the boards and certainly could be a better net front presence. Again, he might not be as talented as some of the other Kings players that are maybe fighting for that spot, but he does seem to me to fit that role better. So that's part of the dilemma for head coach Todd McClellan and his staff. Uh, if you're in a win-now mentality, which I think the Kings clearly are, then finding places to plug in talented high draft picks isn't necessarily your priority. Uh, it's to plug and play the best players that fit the roles that are available. And Carl Grunston still has something to prove over a longer stretch than just six games in the playoffs. Uh, so training camp and the preseason, those games will be important for guys like Grunstrom to prove that his playoff performance was a jumping off point for his NHL career, not just a nice couple of games when uh, everyone had their eyeballs on it. So uh, we'll see. Again, I think that Grunstrom's probably a better fit than Kupari and Velarde, but then again, Kupari and Velarde are probably more talented players, just given their offensive upside, but it seems to me that Grunstrom might be, again, a better fit for what the Kings need in that fourth-line energy-type role. So we will see how that goes uh, going forward. Now, if you want to place a wager on the LA Kings to win the Stanley Cup, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, which is getting ready to start its second half of the season, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline where the game starts. We close out our look at the LA Kings' recent picks in the 2022 NHL Draft in Montreal. Now, we talked about the Kings' first-round pick, 51st overall, Jack Hughes, on this past Thursday's podcast. Friday, we talked about the Kings' two fourth-round picks, forward Kenny Connors and defenseman Angus Booth. On Monday, we discussed the Kings' fifth-round selection, Otto Salen out of Finland, Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday, we talked about the Kings' pair of sixth-round picks, Jared Wright and Jack Sparks. And today, we're going to talk about the Kings' seventh and final pick, Caleb, with a K, Lawrence. He is 6'6 and 225 pounds. He's a right winger. He played for Owen Sound in the Ontario Hockey League. He is the third player the Kings selected in their plus-one year 
uh, which means Lawrence is 19. Most of the drafted players are 18. So the Kings had three 19-year-olds that they drafted in this year's draft. Corey Pronman of The Athletic summed it up on Lawrence by saying he is tall, raw, and a project type of prospect. Mark Unetti, the LA Kings director of amateur scouting, said about Caleb Lawrence, he has a lot of upside, he checks a lot of different boxes, and that this is a unique opportunity to take a chance on a kid who showed a lot of good in not a lot of opportunities. Now, what is he talking about? Well, Caleb Lawrence has played a total of two games in the last two years. He suffered uh, two injuries in his shoulder this past season. The second injury required surgery. And then the year before that, he didn't have a season because of COVID. Now, as was the case with all of the Kings picks this year, um, maybe perhaps other than second round pick Jack Hughes, the Kings once again with this pick, showed that they are looking at players that have flaws of some sort, but have also shown a lot of potential and raw ability. And with the amount of young talent the Kings already have in their system, they have the luxury of taking chances on players that have a lot of upside, but will take longer than usual to develop. Obviously, in the case specifically of Caleb Lawrence, it's a guy who just needs to get healthy uh, and put a full year in and put those injuries behind him and uh, show off uh, all those raw abilities and and uh, that the scouts say that he is has, uh, especially he's got the size already. I mean, 6'6", 225, he has an NHL caliber body already at this point. Now it's about just staying healthy, uh, developing your game, and moving forward. And if it takes a little longer for Caleb Lawrence, then that's absolutely fine. We've We've pretty much said the same thing about the great majority of all the Kings picks this year. Uh, Again, with the draft being, according to experts, a bit of a down draft this year and where the Kings have been selecting in the draft, no first-round pick. Uh, Again, it made a ton of sense for the Kings to go after project-type players because they have the luxury of being able to let these guys, again, ripen on the vine a little bit more than if they were the Arizona Coyotes who need players to be in their lineup in two to three years, not uh, four to five years. So um, that's where the Kings clearly uh, look to to emphasize in this year's draft. I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think the the picks, again, are, you know, uh, I don't know if they're long shots necessarily, but like I said, all these guys have their issues, whether um, it's, uh, you know, great size but needs refinement in their skills, whether it's great ability, but have had injury issues, uh, things like that. We talked about that with Otto Salen uh, from Finland. Also, this not exactly the same thing, but a guy who has shown a ton of ability, but had injury issues and was moved around to a bunch of different levels um, and really never had a chance to show what he could do this past year, and that's why his draft stock fell. But in the past, these guys have shown a ton of raw talent a ton of ability, and for whatever circumstance, you know their their paths have been derailed a little bit here and there for, for different reasons, or maybe it's taken a little longer. But again, uh, I like what the Kings did in the draft this year. I, I totally agree with the philosophy they had on where they stand in their system with the talent they already have and the fact that they could take some swings, if you want to call it that, on players that are going to take a little bit longer because they have the luxury to let those players take a little bit longer. And then once this, this group of uh, prospects and, and guys who are in the system now that we have a lot of high hopes for, once they start to take up spots of players who eventually move out of the NHL lineup, then then hopefully these types of guys that have taken a little bit longer can then fill in those spots of, of those players. 
Now, as I've been doing uh, with all of the drafts we've been talking about, um, I did look at the history of the Kings selections at a certain round. And, and obviously, as you go higher in the draft, uh, when you get away from one and two, uh, you know, five, six, seven, it's a little harder to find players that eventually do make it to the NHL level. But the Kings have had a couple of seventh round picks uh, in recent years that have actually contributed, including one that is on the team right now, and that is defenseman Matt Roy. He was a seventh round pick in 2015, and he has turned into a very solid uh, NHL contributor. Uh, another player fairly recently who's still in the league uh, is a name you might not be familiar with, Dominique Kubalik. Uh, he is a forward. He was the Kings' seventh round pick in 2013. Now, for whatever reason, uh, he decided that he didn't want to play for the Kings. And so he didn't sign with L.A., uh, ended up eventually signing with the Chicago Blackhawks, had a great rookie year for Chicago. Uh, last year, he took a bit, bit of a step down. Uh, now, though, he's already on the move and uh, signed uh, in the offseason with the Detroit Red Wings. But uh, Dominic Kubelik, a seventh-round pick that is an NHL-caliber player, unfortunately not contributing to the Kings, but he is now playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Now, there have been in the history of the NHL some some big long shots that have made it. Um, looking back a little bit deeper for the Kings, uh, seventh round or later. Uh, now, in 2005, the draft went from nine rounds to seven. Before 94, there were actually 12 rounds uh, at the NHL draft. And even before that, it was even longer. So uh, just looking at the history of the LA Kings as far as their uh, seventh round picks or later, Jordan Nolan was a seventh-round pick back in 2009. He got to be a, a decent contributor on a Stanley Cup-winning team. Uh, for you older fans, you might remember the name Robert Lang. He was a seventh-round pick back in 1990 for the LA Kings. He went on to have a, a, a more accomplished career elsewhere, I think particularly with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, a ninth-round pick of the LA Kings in 1984, some guy named Luke Robitaille. How did that work out? Uh, not bad. Ninth round pick Luke Robitaille ends up being the highest scoring left winger in the history of the NHL, a hall of famer. And of course, now a president of the Los Angeles Kings, Luke Robitaille, um, man, what a, uh, what a story. Uh, lucky Luke ninth round selection. They said he couldn't skate. Uh, all he could do is just uh, score goals, right? And uh, what what a uh, what a, man ninth round pick Luke Robitaille goes to the Hall of Fame. That's that's one of the great stories uh, for the LA Kings as far as their draft picks, and not too bad either. Dave Taylor was a fifteenth round pick in nineteen seventy five. Dave Taylor now with his uh, number eighteen hanging from the rafters at the Crypto dot com arena. Uh, long former general manager of the LA Kings and uh, one of one great LA King back in the day, Dave Taylor, 15th round selection in 1975. So that wraps up our look at this year's NHL draft for the LA Kings. Again, in the second round, they took Jack Hughes with the 51st overall selection, a center out of Northeastern. Um, in the fourth round, they had a pair of selections at 103. They took center Kenny Connors out of Dubuque in the U.S. Hockey League. And at 116, they took left defense Angus Booth from Schwinnigan in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. In the fifth round, they took Otto Salin from Finland, a uh, right-handed defenseman, their only non-North American player they selected. A couple of sixth-round picks, Jared Wright, right-winger from Omaha in the U.S. Hockey League. And at 180, they t went with uh, Jack Sparks, a right-handed defenseman from St. Michael's in the Ontario Junior Hockey League. And the man we talked about earlier, seventh-round pick, Caleb Lawrence, right-winger from Owen Sound 
in the Ontario Hockey League. So how about overall grades for this year's LA Kings draft? Uh, I did find some uh, insiders out there who gave their predictions for the Kings or their grades for the Kings. Corey Prodman, who I've quoted a lot, uh, the draft expert for The Athletic, gave the Kings grade uh, for this draft at B-. Uh, Chris Peters, um, who is a guy that I have interviewed before, knows his stuff, uh, formerly from the Daily Faceoff, now for Flow Hockey. He gave the Kings a B-. And Ryan Sykes of the Bleacher Report gave the Kings draft for this year a B+. Eddie Garcia from Locked on LA Kings uh, gives the Kings draft a B. And look, I'm going to touch on this uh, in a few minutes, but I think giving draft grades right after a draft class it's basically for entertainment purposes only right i mean i'm not saying there isn't some value in it and look we 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 want content right uh, whether you're on tv or you're writing for a blog or you're doing a podcast we're looking for content so uh i understand why you would give a grade on a draft class right now but let's be real the only way to truly grade a draft class is after some time has taken place, we've been able to see whether these players actually did develop or not, and have they contributed to the NHL team that drafted them, or at least in the NHL with another team. That's how you really grade a draft, in my opinion. That's the fair way to do it. So keep that in mind as as we go forward. But looking at it right now, for the LA Kings, in the situation that they were in, all right, trying to take players who probably aren't going to contribute anytime soon because the Kings don't need that right now. Like I said, they're not an Arizona uh, or a team like that, a Chicago, which is totally in a rebuild, that they're going to need players and a lot of them as soon as possible because there's so many holes to fill. The Kings aren't in that position. So with that understanding in mind, I mean, you could look at these players and say flaw, 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 reach, flaw, whatever. But again, in the situation the Kings are in, it makes a lot of sense for them to go after players like this. And if they don't hit, uh, it's not going to cripple the organization in, in four or five years. So they have taken some chances. We'll see whether it works out or not. But under those circumstances, I understand why the Kings would get a B in that situation. Now, maybe the talent of these players right now, because of all the question marks, is not a B grade. But the potential and the understanding of, of why the Kings did what they did, I think overall, I agree with the, you know, the B grade that some of these other people that are more in the know about this, frankly, than I am, uh, have, have dished out. What is your grade for the LA Kings draft? If you want to pass along that and give you reasons why, uh, we welcome your comments uh, at the email address, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, where you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Coming up on Thursday's episode of Locked On LA Kings, we're going to update you on any Kings news that happens to become available. Uh, and we're going to continue our look at the LA Kings and the NHL draft. So I mentioned this a moment ago. I kind of teased it. Uh, so, I, and I heard Mark Unetti, the Kings of director, uh, the Kings director of player development, actually give this time frame, which I was encouraging because I've always thought that five years is a fair amount of time to grade a draft, all right? Five seasons of work for players. I think that's enough time for us to determine whether a player 
is an NHL caliber player or not, right? If you haven't made it, if you've been drafted five years later, you haven't made it to the NHL level or you're just scratching the surface, there's a good idea that maybe you're not going to make it or or for whatever reason, you don't fit with the team where you are. So we're going to go back to the 2017 NHL draft. We're going to look at all the Kings selections and we're going to see what those players have accomplished so far in their careers and we'll give a grade to the LA Kings based on that. I think that is a more informative way of grading a draft. And I, I get it. Like I said, when you're grading a draft now, it's for now. But you know, the reality is, is that the real grade of a draft should come at a time, a time down the line. And again, I think five years is a fair amount of time. So uh, again, we're going to look at the 2017 draft for the LA Kings, find out how those players have developed what grade we would give the Kings, what grade they got at the time, and what grade we would give them now. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you've forgotten about the uh, 2017 NHL draft, it was in Chicago. Uh, Nico Heischer of the Devils was the number one overall pick, and that was uh, also the draft where the Kings selected Gabe Velarde with their first uh, number one pick or their first round selection. Now, did I already screw that up already after I said I would do a better job with that? Uh, that's coming up uh, on tomorrow's show. Hey, to keep up to date on this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings. If you would like to send me an email, I want to give this out again. Any comments or thoughts on the Kings or this show, the email address is LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E, at gmail.com, LockedOnEddie. Uh, I am planning on having a listener email segment on future shows. Uh, it may be a little bit down the line when there's more things to talk about and people actually have comments they want to make on certain things, but that is uh, certainly in the works. Uh, and if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, um, that is still coming. There are people working hard behind the scenes to iron out some little issues that we have with that. But I am hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, that by Monday, uh, the Locked on LA Kings YouTube channel will be ready to go. But I'll obviously uh, let you guys know when that becomes official. I'll post it on social media as well. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. I guarantee you right now they're talking about the Matthew Kachuk news. If you didn't hear it earlier, Matthew Kachuk telling the Calgary Flames that he is not interested in signing a long-term deal with them, so they are going to be looking to trade him. They've already lost Johnny Gaudreau, so this is good news for the Kings that the uh, reigning Pacific Division champs, the Calgary Flames, look like they are going to be taking a pretty major step back for this coming season. But again, if you want to find out the latest on the Matthew Kachuk news and everything else going on in the NHL, check out Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Thanks for listening to Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Go Kings go.